Krishna, my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in the live studios in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just next to the English Channel. We've set up a little haven here, because Hive means haven in Anglo-Saxon, and we've set up a little haven here, and it's dedicated to propagating transcendental sound. And this is the most regular thing we're doing, is this daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books. So we welcome you all uh, to the safe haven, a place where you can hear Srila Prabhupada's books without uh, controversy, without uh, conspiracy theories getting in the way. It's the pure thing, direct. Okay, Sanatana Goswami, he glorified the Srimad Bhagavatam. In his Bhagavata Mihima Stotram. And I just have to open it up here, just a second. Yeah. <clears throat> it goes like this. Sarva Shastra Dipiyusha, Sarva Vedaika Satpala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja, Sarva Lokaika Drikprada. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, fresh, fresh, rich mind of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kali Dvanduditaditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvadasavasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who were supremely blissful to read, even more blissful to hear. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka bando matsangin madguro man mahadana manistadagamad bhagya mad ananda namostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu, sadu tadayin, atini chochatakara, anamunchagadachin mam, premna rit kantayokspura. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So we've reached the third verse of the second chapter of the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. It's one, two, three. <laughs> Go. Let me offer my respectful obeisances unto him, Shuka, the spiritual master of all the sages, the son of Vyasadeva, who out of his great compassion for those gross materialists who struggle to cross over the darkest regions of material existence, spoke 
this most confidential supplement to the cream of Vedic knowledge, having, after having personally assimilated it by experience. I mean, this is such a deep verse, I'm going to read it again. Don't mind. Let me, off my, let me offer my respectful obeisances unto him, Shuka, the spiritual master of all sages, the son of Vyasadev, who, out of his great compassion for those gross materialists who struggle to cross over the darkest regions of material existence, spoke this most confidential supplement to the cream of Vedic knowledge after having personally assimilated it by experience. Purport In this prayer, Srila <clears throat> Sutta Goswami practically summarizes the complete introduction of Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad Bhagavatam is the natural supplementary <clears throat> the, the natural supplementary commentary on the Vedanta Sutras. The Vedanta Sutras or the Brahma Sutras were compiled by Vyasadeva with a view to presenting just the cream of Vedic knowledge. Srimad Bhagavatam is the natural commentary on this cream. Srila Shukadeva Goswami was a thoroughly realized master of the Vedanta Sutra and consequently he also personally realized the commentary, Srimad Bhagavatam. And just to show his boundless mercy upon bewildered materialistic men who want to cross completely over nations, he recited for the first time this confidential knowledge. There is no point in arguing that a materialistic man can be happy. No materialistic creature, be he the great Brahma or, or an insignificant ant, can be happy. Everyone tries to make a permanent plan for happiness, but everyone is baffled by the laws of material nature. Therefore, the materialistic world is called the darkest region of God's creation. Yet the unhappy materialists can get out of it simply by desiring to get out. Unfortunately, they are so foolish that they do not want to escape. Therefore, they are compared to the camel who relishes thorny twigs because he likes the taste of the twigs mixed with blood. He does not realize that it is his own, that it is his own blood and that his tongue is being cut by the thorns. Similarly, to the materialist, his own blood is as sweet as honey. And although he is always harassed by his own material creations, he does not wish to escape. Such materialists are called karmis. Out of hundreds of thousands of karmis, only a few may feel tired of material engagement and desire to get out of the labyrinth. Such intelligent persons are called jnanis. The Vedanta Sutra is directed to such jnanis. But Srila Vyasadeva, being the incarnation of the Supreme Lord, could foresee the misuse of the Vedanta Sutra by unscrupulous men. And therefore, he personally supplemented the Vedanta Sutra with the Bhagavat Purana. It is clearly said that this Bhagavatam is the original commentary on the Brahma Sutras. Srila Vyasadeva also instructed the Bhagavatam to his own son, Srila Shukadeva Goswami, who was already at the liberated stage of transcendence. Srila Shukadeva realized it personally and then explained it. By the mercy of Srila Shukadeva, the Bhagavad Vedanta Sutra is available for all those sincere souls who want to get out 
of material existence. Srimad Bhagavatam is the one unrivaled commentary on Vedanta Sutra. Sripad Shankaracharya intentionally did not touch it because he knew that the natural commentary would be difficult for him to surpass. He wrote his Sharidaka Bhasha and his so-called followers deprecated the Bhagavatam as some new presentation. One should not be misled by such propaganda directed against the Bhagavatam by the Mayavad school. From this introductory shloka, the beginning student should know that Srimad Bhagavatam is the only transcendental literature meant for those who are paramahamsas and completely freed from the material disease called malice. The Mayavadis are envious of the personality of Godhead despite Sripad Shankaracharya's admission that Narayana, the personality of Godhead, is above the material creation. The envious Mayavadi cannot have access to the Bhagavatam, but those who are really anxious to get out of this material existence may take shelter of this Bhagavatam because it is uttered by the liberated Srila Shukadeva Goswami. It is the transcendental torchlight by which one can see perfectly the transcendental absolute truth realized as Brahman, Paramatma and Bhagavan. Text 4 <clears throat> Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaiva Narotamam Devim Sarasutim Vyasam Tato Jayam Udirayat Before reciting this Srimad Bhagavatam, which is the very means of conquest, one should offer respectful obeisances under the personality of Godhead. Narayana, unto Nara, Narayana Rishi, the supermost human being, unto Mother Saraswati, the, the goddess of learning, learning, and unto Srila Vyasadeva, the author. Purport All the Vedic literatures and the Puranas are meant for conquering the darkest region of material existence. The living being is in the state of forgetfulness of his relation with God due to his being overly attracted to material sense gratification from time immemorial. His struggle for existence in the material world is perpetual and it is not possible for him to get out of it by making plans. If he at all wants to conquer this perpetual struggle for existence, he must re-establish his eternal relation with God. And one who wants to adopt such remedial measures must take shelter of literatures such as the Vedas and the Puranas. Foolish people say that the Puranas have no connection with the Vedas. However, the Puranas are supplementary explanations of the Vedas intended for different types of men. All men are not equal. There are men who are conducted by the mode of goodness, others who are under the mode of passion, and others who are under the mode of ignorance. The Puranas are so divided so that any class of men may take advantage of them and gradually regain their lost position and get out of the hard struggle for existence. Srila Sutta Goswami shows the way of chanting the Puranas. This, this may be followed by persons who aspire to be preachers of the Vedic literatures and the Puranas. Srimad Bhagavatam is the spotless Purana and it is especially meant for those who desire to get out of the material entanglement permanently. Text 5 
Muniyak Sarupristo Hang Bhavad Vir Lokamangalam Yat Kritak Krishna Samprashno Hinatma Supersedati O sages, I have been justly questioned by you. Your questions are worthy because they relate to Lord Krishna and are so or are of relevance to the world's welfare. Only questions of this sort are capable of completely satisfying the self. Purport Since it has been stated herein before that in the Bhagavatam the absolute truth is to be known, the questions of the sages of Naimisharanya are proper and just because they pertain to Krishna, who is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Absolute Truth. In the Bhagavad Gita 1515, the Personality of Godhead says that in all the Vedas there is nothing but the urge for searching after Him, Lord Krishna. Thus, the questions that pertain to Krishna are the sum and substance of all the Vedic inquiries. The whole world is full of questions and answers. The birds, beasts and men are all busy in the matter of perpetual questions and answers. In the morning the birds in the nest become busy with questions and answers. And in the evening also the same birds come back and again become busy with questions and answers. The human being, unless he is fast asleep at night, is busy with questions and answers. The businessmen in the market are busy with questions and answers, and so are the lawyers in the court and the students in the schools and colleges. The legislators in the parliament are also busy with questions and answers, and the politicians and the press representatives are all busy with questions and answers. Although they go on making such questions and answers for their whole lives, they are not at all satisfied. Satisfaction of the soul can be obtained by questions and answers on the subject of Krishna. Prabhupada. Krishna is our most intimate friend. Krishna is our most intimate master, friend, father or son, an object of conjugal love. Forgetting Krishna, we have created so many objects of questions and answers, but none of them are able to give us complete satisfaction. All things but Krishna give temporary satisfaction only. So if we have so, so if we are have to have so if we are to have complete satisfaction, we must take to the questions and answers about Krishna. We cannot live for a moment without being questioned or without giving answers. Because the Srimad Bhagavatam deals with questions and answers that are related to Krishna we can derive the highest satisfaction only by reading and hearing this transcendental literature. One should learn the Srimad Bhagavatam and make an all-around solution to all problems pertaining to social, political or religious matters. Srimad Bhagavatam and Krishna are the sum total of all things. <laughs> Prabhupada Ki Jai Text 6 Savai Pung Sang Pado Dharmo Yato Bhaktir Dharokshaje Ahai Tuki Yapritiyata Yayatma Supersedati The supreme occupation, Dharma, for all humanity is that by which men can attain to loving devotional service unto the transcendent Lord. Such devotional service 
must be unmotivated and uninterrupted to completely satisfy the self. Purport. In this statement, Srila Sutta Goswami, <clears throat> in this statement, Srila Sutta Goswami answers the first question of the sages of Naimisharanya. The sages asked him to summarize the whole range of revealed scriptures and present the most essential part so that fallen people or the people in general might easily take it up. The Vedas prescribe two different types of occupation for the human being. One is called the Praviti Marg or the path of sense enjoyment and the other is called Nivriti Marg or the path of renunciation. The path of enjoyment is inferior and the path of sacrifice for the supreme cause is superior. The, the material existence of a living being is a diseased condition of actual life. Actual life is spiritual existence or Brahmabhuta existence where life is eternal, blissful and full of knowledge. Material existence is temporary, illusory and full of miseries. There is no happiness at all. There is just a futile attempt to get, to get rid of the miseries and temporary, and temporary cessation of misery is falsely called happiness. Therefore, the path of progressive... I'll, I'll repeat that again. Material existence is temporary, illusory, and full of miseries. There is no happiness at all. There is just the futile attempt to get rid of the miseries, and temporary cessation of misery is falsely called happiness. Therefore, the path of progressive material enjoyment, which is temporary, miserable, and illusory, is inferior. But devotional service to the Supreme Lord, which leads one to eternal, blissful, and all-cognizant life, is called the superior quality of occupation. This is sometimes polluted when mixed with the inferior quality. For example, adoption of devotional service for material gain is certainly an obstruction to the progressive path of renunciation. Renunciation or abnegation for the ultimate good is certainly a better occupation than enjoyment in the diseased condition of life. Such enjoyment only aggravates the symptoms of disease and increases its duration. Therefore, devotional service to the Lord must be pure in quality, that is, without the least desire for material enjoyment. One should, therefore, accept the superior quality of occupation in the form of the devotional service of the Lord without any tinge of unnecessary desire, fruitive action, and philosophical speculation. This alone can lead one to perpetual solace in his service. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai <clears throat> We have purposely denoted Dharma as occupation because the root meaning of the word dharma is that which sustains one's existence. A living being's sustenance of existence is to coordinate his activities with his eternal relation with the Supreme Lord Krishna. Krishna is the central pivot of living beings and he is the all-attractive living entity or eternal form amongst all of the living beings or eternal forms. Each and every living being has his eternal form in the spiritual existence. And Krishna 
is the eternal attraction for all of them. Krishna is the complete whole and everything else is his part and parcel. The relation is one of servant and the served. It is transcendental and completely distinct from our experience in material existence. This relation of servant and the served is the most congenial form of intimacy. One can realize it as devotional service progresses. Everyone should engage himself in that transcendental loving service of the Lord, even in the present conditional state of material existence. That will gradually give one the clue to actual life and please him to complete satisfaction. Text 7 Vasudevi Bhagavati Bhakti Yoga Prayojitaha Janayat Yashubairagyam Jnanam Chayadahaitukam By rendering devotional service under the personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, one immediately acquires causeless knowledge and detachment from the world. Purport Those who consider devotional service to the Supreme Lord Sri Krishna to be something like material emotional affairs may argue that in the revealed scriptures sacrifice, charity, austerity, knowledge, mystic powers and similar other processes of transcendental realization are recommended. According to them, bhakti or the devotional service of the Lord is meant for those who cannot perform the high-grade activities. Generally it is said that the bhakti cult is meant for the shudras, vaishas and the less intelligent woman class, but that is not the actual fact. The bhakti cult is the topmost of all transcendental activities and therefore it is simultaneously sublime and easy. It is sublime for the pure devotees who are serious about getting in contact with the Supreme Lord and it is easy for the neophytes who are just on the threshold of the house of bhakti to achieve the contact of the Supreme Personality of Godhead Sri Krishna is a great science and it is open for all living beings including the Shudras, Vaishas, women and even those lower than the low-born Shudras so what to speak of the high-class men like the qualified Brahmanas and the great self-realized kings the other high-grade activities that designated as sacrifice, charity, austerity and so on, are all corollary factors following the pure and scientific bhakti cult. The principles of knowledge and detachment are two important factors on the path of transcendental realization. The whole spiritual process leads to perfect knowledge of everything material and spiritual. And the results of such perfect knowledge are that one becomes detached from material affection and becomes attached to spiritual activities. Becoming detached from material things does not mean becoming inert altogether, as men with a poor fund of knowledge think. Nice karma means not undertaking activities that will produce good or bad effects. Negation does not mean negation of the positive. Negation of the non-essentials does not mean negation of the essential. Similarly, detachment from material forms does not mean nullifying the positive form. The bhakti cult is meant for realization of the positive form. When, that, when the positive form is realized, the negative forms 
are all are all are all, are all when the positive form is realized, the negative forms are automatically eliminated. Therefore, with the development of the bhakti cult, with the application of positive service to the positive form, one naturally becomes detached from inferior things and he becomes attached to superior things. Similarly, the bhakti cult being the supermost occupation of the living being, leads him out of material sense enjoyment. That is the sign of a pure devotee. He is not a fool, nor is he engaged in the inferior energies, nor does he have material values. This is not possible by dry reasoning. It actually happens by the grace of the Almighty, in conclusion, one who is not a pure devotee has all other good <clears throat> in conclusion, one who is a pure devotee has all other good qualities, namely knowledge, detachment, and so on. But one who has only knowledge or detachment is not necessarily well acquainted with the principles of the bhakti cult. Bhakti is the supermost occupation of the human being. Śrīla Prabhupāda ki jāya. <clears throat> Text 8 Dharmak sanushtitak pumsang viśvak sena katasu yaha yadi rating Shama eva hikevalam. The occupational activities a man performs according to his own position are only so much useless labor if they do not provoke attraction for the message of the personality of Godhead. Purport. There are different occupational activities in terms of man's different conceptions of life. <clears throat> To the gross materialist who cannot see anything beyond the gross material body, there is nothing beyond the senses. Therefore, his occupational activities are limited to concentrated and extended selfishness. Concentrated selfishness centers on the personal body. This is generally seen among the lower animals. Extended selfishness is manifested in human society and centers on the family, society, community, nation, and world with a view to gross bodily comfort. Above these gross materialists are the mental speculators who hover aloft in the mental spheres and their occupational duties involve making poetry and philosophy or propagating some ism with the same aim of felt selfishness, unlimited selfishness limited to the body and the mind. But above the body and the mind, but above body and the body and mind is the dormant spirit soul, whose absence from the body makes the whole range of bodily and mental selfishness completely null and void. But less intelligent people have no information of the needs of the spirit soul. Because foolish people have no information of the soul and how it is beyond the purview of the body and mind, they are not satisfied in the performance of their occupational duties. The question of the satisfaction of the self is raised herein. The self is beyond the gross body and subtle mind. He is the potent, active principle of the body and mind. Without knowing the need of the dormant soul, one cannot be happy simply with emolument of the body and mind. The body and the mind are but superfluous outer coverings of the spirit soul. The spirit soul's needs must be fulfilled. 
Simply by cleansing the cage of the bird, one does not satisfy the bird. One must actually know the needs of the bird himself. The need of the spirit is that he wants to get out of the limited sphere of material bondage and fulfill his desire for complete freedom. He wants to get out of the covered walls of the greater universe. He wants to see the free light and the spirit. That complete freedom is achieved when he meets the complete spirit, the personality of Godhead. There is a dormant affection for God within everyone. Spiritual existence is manifested through the gross body and mind in the form of perverted affection for gross and subtle matter. Therefore, we have to engage ourselves in occupational engagements that will evoke our divine consciousness. This is possible only by hearing and chanting the divine activities of the Supreme Lord. And any occupational activity which does not help one to achieve attachment for hearing and chanting the transcendental message of Godhead is said herein to be simply a waste of time. This is because other occupational duties, whatever ism they belong to, cannot give liberation to the soul. Even the activities of the Salvationists are considered to be useless because of their failure to pick up the fountainhead of all liberties. The gross materialist can practically see that his material gain is limited only to time and space, either in this world or in the other. Even if he goes up to the Swargaloka, he will find no permanent abode for his hankering soul. The hankering soul must be satisfied by the perfect scientific process of perfect devotional service. Śrīla Prabhupāda ki jāya Text 9 <clears throat> Dharmasya yapavargasya nartorta yopakalpate nartasya dharmaikantasya Kamo Lobayahi Smitaha. All occupational engagements are certainly meant for ultimate liberation. They should never be performed for material gain. Furthermore, according to sages, one who is engaged in the ultimate occupational service should never use material gain to cultivate sense gratification. PURPORT We have already discussed that pure devotional service to the Lord is automatically followed by perfect knowledge and detachment from material existence. But there are others who consider that all kinds of different occupational engagements, including those of religion, are meant for material gain. The general tendency of any ordinary man in any part of the world is to gain some material profit in exchange for religious or any other occupational service. Even in the Vedic literatures, for, <clears throat> for all sorts of religious performances, even in the Vedic literatures, for all sorts of religious performances, an allurement of material gain is offered. And most people are attracted by such allurements or blessings of religiosity. Why are such so-called men of religion allured by material gain? Because material gain can enable one to fulfill desires and in turn satisfy sense gratification. This cycle of occupational engagements includes 
so-called religiosity, followed by material gain, and material gain followed by fulfillment of desires. Sense gratification is the general way for all sorts of fully occupied men. But in the statement of Sutta Goswami, as per the verdict of the Srimad Bhagavatam, this is nullified by the present shloka. One should not engage himself in any sort of occupational <coughs> service for material gain only, nor should material gain be utilized for, for sense gratification. How material gain should be utilized is described as follows. That brings us to, brings us to 7.44, almost 7.45. So we will stop here at text 10 and find out tomorrow how material gain should be utilized. Hare Krishna. Okay. So we're turning the spotlight onto the assembled sages from around the world in cyberspace. Please feel free to give your reflections of anything that stuck out in your mind during the reading so that we can relish together. This is the goal. How to relish together. Hare Krishna. First is a comment from Rati Manjari. Hare Rati. First off the block tonight. Thank you. Drag Ramaraj into the safe haven of hearing. Into the safe haven of hearing. That's exactly right. And from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes. Jai Maharaj, Hare Krishna, all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai Sri the Prabhupada. And from Bhakta Rupa. Haribo Bhakta Rupa. He says, Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my obeisances, all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. I was never very good at doing homework at school because I couldn't really see the point. Last night you set the homework to summarize the six questions of the sages, and somehow or other, with the help of Google, I actually did the homework. <laughs> what? First question, what is the absolute ultimate good for everyone? Second, what is the essence of all scriptures? Third, why did Lord Krishna appear himself? Fourth, please describe the pastimes of Lord Krishna. Fifth, Please tell us the purpose of the ten best-known incarnations. And sixth, where has religion taken shelter now that Krishna has left the world? Thank you very much. You filled in all sorts of gaps. Thank you so much. And the Bhagavatam will answer all those questions. Huh? Rasikash your money has something to say. Okay. He's hearing 24 hours a day. He should have something to say. <laughs> you would think so. Hare Krishna. Thank Hare you, Krishna. Guru um, I was just relishing the uh, truth that was brought out that uh, the Srimad Bhagavatam is full of questions and answers and that all questions uh, of a material and spiritual nature can actually be answered by the Srimad Bhagavatam. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. And I would say it is. It makes the hearing of Srimad Bhagavatam really, as the text is saying, prime, 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 prime necessity to yes. hear these shlokas. And 
their explanation from a yes, pure devotee. Exactly right. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much. I think there's even a chapter, isn't there, that says that the chapter title is Bhagavatam answers all questions. Yes. Yes, that's in the second canto. Very good. I'm from Rati Manjari. Haribo Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my respectful obeisances. Thank Hare Krishna. Thank you for carrying us into Christmas Eve and putting God in the center. Hare Krishna. Not a bad idea, although I don't think that Krishna, that Christmas nowadays has much to do about God. <laughs> it has to do more about... Anyway, Hare Krishna. It has more to do about satisfying everybody else's senses by giving each other's presence. Rati Mandrari comments again. She says, Many years ago on Christmas, even my mother passed away unexpectedly. Mm. That is maybe why I have mixed feelings about this whole festival. Mm. Probably so. Thank you for being so steadily present, giving us the highest knowledge. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. There's nothing like reading Shiva Prabhupada's books together. Nothing like it. These purports, I was just thinking, I'm sure everyone else is either, after each purport, I was just struck with wonder at how precise and deep, deeply Shiva Prabhupada understands you know, what's going on in the world and what the illusions are and how what the solutions are it's amazing simply amazing from anandamurti devidasi yes please Jai, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Haribo, Haribo. Thank you so much for today's reading. These messages are so important for the human life. Mm. Yesterday was Christmas Eve in Japan, and I have distributed five Krishna books and three nectar of devotion. Fantastic. One man very nicely accepted these books, and he checked his wallet, but he had small coins. So he went for withdrawing money and came back and gave me a donation. <laughs> that's rare. That's, that's a sincere person. Those persons are rare. Nice that you met one. Hare Krishna. Keep up the good work. Nati Manjari says, truly enlightening. Hmm. That it is, that it is. Hmm. Yeah, please. Rasika Shirmani has one more thought to share. The thought is that uh, in the verses tonight it says that that there is a way to become fully and completely satisfied and that is if we practice devotional service without any motivation material motivation or self mm. self-centered selfish motivation mm. and doing it continuously yes and we can actually be satisfied yes absolutely Thank you very much. 
And whatever we do or think or say that is for another purpose than to please Krishna and our spiritual master is out of that category. That's it. It's only five fifty-four. We got time to burn. Special Rati Manjari. Oh, leave it up to Rati. She is the right one. Also, the classic example of the bird in the cage was mentioned. This cool. is so good to use in preaching. Oh yes, these these purports of the first canto of the Bhagavatam, especially the second chapter, is full of examples and lines of thought that we can use for preaching. I used to just go with the book and open it up and read these purports to people. Sometimes they would take the book just by hearing it. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samabeda Bhakta Vrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same topic. The unfolding of the juiciest knowledge, the juiciest sound that is available in the world today. Srimad Bhagavatam. See you tomorrow. Hare Krishna.